2: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
3: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Jules Says. I'm Julie, Jewel's grandmother, mum. If you have anything you'd like to share, you can email me at JewelSays at gmail.com. I have a special guest with me this week. You've heard of him before. You've heard him on this podcast before. He started out as Catherine's friend. But even though I'm old enough to be his mom, I consider him to be my friend, too. He's funny. He's fabulous. He's a force of nature on stage and in person. Please welcome Andrew Johnston. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to Jewel Says. Welcome
1: back. I think it's my third time.
3: I'm so happy to have you here again. I'm so
1: thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Andrew's in Toronto again. He's doing some gigs. You need to look him up and check them out. He's doing the – what's the name of the ball show? Legends
1: Ball. So it's a reference to Oprah's Legends Ball. I don't know if you ever – do you know what that is? No. So Andrew's Legends Ball is my show if you're in Toronto, June 23rd, 9 p.m. at Comedy Bar Bloor, 945 Bloor Street, West. And – it's a reference to Oprah's Legends Ball. Back in 2005, Oprah had this basically gathering of all of these black female legends mm-hmm. to give them their flowers, as yes. they say in the African American community and probably other places too. But, um, and so it was just like, name them. They were there. The oh. only person really of note who declined was Aretha Franklin because that would have been – she wouldn't have been the star of the show because she's famously – she or she rather was famously quite standoffish with other women oh. in the business. Oh, yeah. No, she had rivalries with everyone. She okay. had bitter, bitter – Gladys Knight, Dionne Warwick, Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. So – Anyway, so it was a three-day event. It was a, a super social luncheon, a black tie uh, affair at the Bacara Resort in Santa Barbara, and a heart-bursting gospel brunch on Sunday in which they basically just passed the mic around and all these women got up and just screamed their, you know, just a saluted, sang, raised their voice to the heavens. And anyway, so that my show is sort of like that. <laughs> yes. I, I did that, I, I did it initially before I left with all these gay male comics. So that mm-hmm. was where it, it was just like me just showcasing the next generation for oh. all intents and purposes of gay male comics. And so I thought that that was a nice through line and I thought I'll just keep it for a pride. Andrew's Legends Ball. So that's my new.
3: Yeah, thing. I think that's great. Yeah, I and I really,
1: I really urge you to watch Oprah's Legends Ball on. YouTube, I might watch it at least once a month. It is oh. so good. Yeah. Maybe today, <clears throat> after we're done this, we might make yeah. Abe watch Legend <laughs> <Well>, Legends <laughs> Um
3: Good luck getting Abe to watch that.
1: We'll tell him Elon Musk was present. Oh, yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just gay comics, gay male comics this No, year? it's
1: queer. It's a, it's queer okay. comics. So it's a really it's a really wonderful lineup, I've gotta say. Aidan O'Loughlin, one of my, you know, very good friends and uh, and, and great comic, Tamara Shivan, a wonderful comic, Tom Hearn, who does the Ina Garden videos on YouTube. He dresses up like Ina Garden, he's got like a million followers, which is really great, including Ina herself and then Trisha Black, who was on that show. She won the um, or they, pardon me, won the Canadian Scream Award, the Canadian version of the Emmy for a show called Pretty. Pretty hard cases this year. Oh yes, yeah. we did course,
3: watch that. We yes. liked Pretty Hard yeah. Cases.
1: I think I'm gonna watch it while I'm home. Um because I do like Adrian Seymour. And of course I adore Trisha Black and then Brandon Muhammad, of course.
3: So, Have you seen it before? No. Because we have the CBC Gem subscription, so we don't have to have ads. Mm. So by all means, watch it. It
1: was initially called Lady Dicks. And knowing the CBC, there was a meeting in which people were like, oh, I don't know. I think that's going to alienate people in Lethbridge. Uh, uh. And then they arrived at that title, Pretty Hard Cases. They're like, well, it's pretty because they're women. And it's hard. So it's like de- there's like some. And they're difficult. Th- div- and then cases. So that, that, that <laughs> I think that that's what we're going to go with. And, and then just like, the hard course, case
3: is also a difficult just- person, right? Sure, so many layers. Oh, to rich! Heart. It's, it's, really onion, yeah. it's really an
1: onion. It's really a delicious onion. But to Lady
3: Dick's would have been good.
1: I, like I that. think it would have been much better than Pretty Hard Cases. But anyway,
3: is the Legends Ball anything like a bitch salad used yeah. to be? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I loved bitch yeah, it's, salad. It's pretty much exactly like that. I think Emma Hunter might be making an appearance. I think I talked to her Ooh. into doing that. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. She's going to get back on the on the stage. So it really is going to be star- as star studded as you're going to get in this country. Okay? Yes, so. yes. A comedy bar. <laughs> yeah.
3: (laughs) On Friday, June twenty third. Yes. Be there. I'm going to be there. Yes. 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 Even though it's past our bedtime. It's
1: at nine. I know. It's it's a tidy hour and fifteen minutes.
3: I know. Well, we'll go. I'm gonna go. And you've got,
1: you know, the commute there and back. Not it's not gonna break your back. (laughs) You know. They live right around the corner from Comedy Bar. Yes,
3: yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. It's great. Oh, what did I say we were gonna talk about? Well we weren't gonna start with that, but anyway, we started with that.
1: Oh uh, cool kids. You were
3: fabulous in the Cool Kids show. I've been talking about this Cool Kids show, Cool Kids. Apparently, it is pronounced Cule, and there's a meaning to that. I went online and looked it up. It's a fundraiser for a children's music program.
1: I don't know the meaning to this, if you could enlighten. (laughs) I actually forget, but I
3: looked it up, and and it was pronounced Cule, And there's a meaning to it and I forget.
1: I did not know that.
3: (laughs) I'm gonna have, I know, I'm gonna have to tack it on to the end. But I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well,
1: I look forward to listening to that because I don't know. (laughs) I've done this show six years and I had no idea. And then I
3: promptly forgot. Andrew honored me with the privilege of being allowed to do some backup vocals for two of his numbers. One being the chain. Andrew did the Lindsay Buckingham part.
1: Yeah, Lindsay Lohan by way of Lindsay Buckingham. That's how I would describe myself. Yes, and you
3: were very glittery. I I went glittery because I knew you were going to go glittery. I wore one of my mum, one of my mum's old tops, Dorothy's old glittery silk sequined butterfly. It was
1: stunning, stunning. It It was. Oh my God, it stole stole the show.
3: She bought that thing in the 80s, and I've never worn it, but I saved a few select items that are meaningful to me yeah. that belong to her after she passed away, and that was one of them. So it was fun to wear that on stage. And you also did Total Eclipse of the Heart.
1: Mm-hmm. I did the turnaround part on oh, that it was the so turnaround.
3: And he embellished his part <laughs> with <laughs> symbols rented from local music store, Long and McQuaid. It was just a fantastic show and a wonderful opportunity. I'm so happy.
1: I'm so happy. I knew that you would have fun, and I'm so happy that you did it. Yes. And I
3: got to meet all kinds of musicians, people I've never met, fabulous Joan, who is oh, Joan Smith amazing. and the Jane
1: Joes. Look them up, pack a lunch, and prepare to be electrified.
3: It's true. And then she did simply the best, and she was simply the best. Sim-
1: truly. Like. She is. She. I mean, she's definitely she's the most talented musician. Yeah. She's I know. fantastic. Singer, everything.
3: Then we went to a birthday party celebrating the birth of said Andrew Johnston, (laughs) our guest of the week.
1: June 4th, baby.
3: And it was also very much fun. And I got to meet another bunch of your interesting friends, some Mm -hmm. of whom are actors. Yes. And I know you have a lot of friends in a lot of the artistic world, actors, writers, musicians, etc. And you're L.A.-based, so this... Writer strike mm. must really be affecting you and yours.
1: I mean, it's really not affecting me financially or my livelihood. It is. It is. It was affecting. I saw this coming a mile away. I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot of out of work comedy writers who. Have very big credits to their name. Who are going to be able to get on everything with their notebook? And it's it's going to be even scarcer than it is right now. To so get they're doing stand-up now. In, yes, no, it's true for everyone is available right now. You will see. I think I was saying to someone, I'm I, I'm like, yeah, if you want Tig Notaro to do your bar show, you know, she, she, she'll likely say yes because there are people. Everyone has a lot of time on their hands, but it is going to be a very, to quote, "Banana Rama, Cruel Summer" down in the city of Angels, which is a company town. It really is a company town. It is just run by consecutive unions, all in show business. And right now the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is on strike. And it looks like SAG-AFTRA, the Actors Union, will be joining them. And these are all for existential reasons.
3: Of course there's a ripple effect. Of course.
1: Right now, basically, the streamers didn't or don 't need to adhere by the same um, uh, rules as the broadcasters do, which is what it, it, every so often like there was a writer strike in eighty eight mm-hmm. and it was really over vhs that was that seemed to be the sticking point oh, okay. and getting and getting properly compensated for that Then in two thousand and eight it was about DVD rentals. And so now we are tackling with the streamers. So the streamers come to prominence. Uh, for instance, Netflix didn't start pres- producing content until 2011. Amazon has never dealt with unions, <laughs> as we oh, know. Right. And so now you really got very – the meetings of the minds are nowhere near there. The These streamers are just like, well, we'll do whatever the fuck we want to. <laughs> and the unions are like, nah <laughs> So basically when you look at – Something like Netflix, you go on your Netflix queue and you'll see the top ten, you know, mm-hmm. big. But they don't release ratings. They're, no, they they're don't. Famously, they incredibly don't. cagey. They about
3: don't this. even release them to the artists.
1: Uh, certainly not. Yeah. So there is no. There's no tra- – there needs to be transparency there now because it, there's no leverage for and writers no accountability. to accountability. Yeah. If the streamers had it their way, it would just – they would generate all this content algorithmically with AI and then have one writer come in to sort of glance it over, to proofread it by all intents and purposes. Right now, it is very much an existential threat and if we don't come through this, then writing will cease to become any sort of a – it will cease to become a feasible means of employment. Or a way to make a living and as a comedian writer like to write things that is your ticket to middle class to some sort of like a middle class like that is your upward trajectory and if you if don't you're have doing that, well if you're doing well and I mean that is really where the money is well and I mean it's not like you're getting millions it's not like everyone is shoulder no no or Ryan one's Murphy. getting
3: millions yeah. that's I think the whole point, it's gotten to the point where it's unsustainable to even live. Yeah,
1: but they did release – the WGA released basically a spreadsheet of their stipulations and the response, and it was – it was horrifying to see the streamer like no counter when they said we want very tight regulations on AI – Uh, being used to generate content, they said their counter was, we'll have an annual meeting to discuss advancements in technology with you. (laughs) So now that said, it just, there is a massive amount of coverage. The unions really do control things. And then for actors as well, I've seen audition notices where they say, come in to audition (laughs) for us to see if we would like to then purchase your likeness from you. Oh, To basically scan you and your voice and then... (laughs) use your image, (laughs) and do whatever we want with it. In perpetuity. Yeah, in perpetuity. So I've seen, I've seen audition notices like that. So it's, it is, it is existential. If we don't come through this, then I really don't know what the future of the business is. But, uh,
3: I think a lot of non-artists are saying, well, so what? I like to pay for my content. Mm. And I know a lot of people just go and find whatever they can find and they download it for free. And as the mother of a person who is an artist, For a living. Who had
1: a Netflix show that I remember seeing, you know, in the top five, whatever, and then... Yeah, who knows what she was told about well, that? Well,
3: it didn't get a second uh, which season, which is
1: appalling. Oh my god, Dif- not difficult people. Um, the Duchess is one of my favorite things that I've ever seen. It is in the same universe or realm as Difficult People, which is another show that I adore. The Comeback, the Lisa Kudrow show. It just uh, Catherine made Catherine made an iconic iconic limited series there, well, but there would be nothing for her to to uh, no leverage or whatever because she doesn't know what those numbers would be.
3: No. No, she has no idea. They don't tell her. They just go, oh, well, we're not renewing for a second season. And even with her specials, she doesn't get any numbers on that.
1: Exactly. All
3: she knows is you need to watch it within the first two weeks or something to get the numbers up. And then after that, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. So her current tour show is on Sky TV in the UK. Mm -hmm. So Akfe Uye is Yeah. I think a lot of non-artists feel that, that content should be available for nothing we all do want a deal I have Netflix I have Amazon Prime I share your content yes uh, yes 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 but I and I am willing to pay for content I want to pay for content I want to pay a reasonable price for it I think the old cable TV model wasn't good because you basically had to pay a lot for stuff you didn't even want it
1: was it was insane my parents still have have, I don't know what the provider is, but a satellite dish program. And it is, I'm just, I, I always say, I just, my father watches a lot of sports. That is really, yeah. you know, that's the thing that still drives cable subscriptions and everything. And, but it is just, it's very primitive to say the least.
3: Exactly. And you know, it was my perception, one of the strikes, you mentioned three strikes in fairly recent history. And it was my perception at the time that there seemed to be a sudden increase in the number of reality shows it was a perception i don't know if that's actually in 1988
1: the big example that people are pointing to is that is when the fox network launched the show cops -hmm. So that was sort of the dawn of that. And then, you know, people are pointing to the 2007, 2008 strike as this huge boon for reality television, but it was booming before that. Survivor, America's Next Top Model, uh, all that stuff was on the air. Now, because people are now pointing to the fact that that's when the Celebrity Apprentice. Launched, and that's they think that really brought Donald Trump into the hearts and minds of Legion Mm. of Fans, thinking that he's some sort of a competent businessman and not a wannabe despot. But uh, I I don't. It had always been there. Right now, my uh, my prediction would be you're about to see a lot of Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewife esque. Things that I already am completely disengaged with. I just well, I've never I've ne- I've never gotten into it, and I'm very anomalous within the gay male oh, community sure. for not being into that. And it, I mean, we have friends come down, and they always want to go to Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant because they will literally see those people. And I say with those people, I'm just like, if that is the future, if that's what people want, I'm just like, what's hilarious is, yeah, these people are very famous and they still have to work in a fucking restaurant. Yes. Like that is, you know, it's just like, and people just go and gawk at them like they're animals in a zoo. And it's Ugh. just so... And they seem to like it. <laughs> that seems yeah. to be what they want, uh, and they certainly wouldn't have talent to do anything else.
3: So. I have a confession. I have no idea who Vanderpump is. I have no idea what Vanderpump
1: Rules is. She I have has no a few idea. Restaurants in LA. And-
3: yeah, I wouldn't ever watch a food show or a restaurant show. I'm not a big fan generally of reality TV, and I know that maybe that's partly age related. I think a lot of people in my generation aren't, but. I prefer a well-written drama or a yeah. really well-written sitcom.
1: Everyone's pointing to Succession as the sort of thing that that was something. This piece of prestige television that was that was wildly popular with just the hoi polloi, for lack of a better description there. And yeah, that that happens by writers being cultivated and, and doing their best work. AI because AI can't come up with anything new.
3: Well, I think people think that it can. And they want it to because it's cheaper. I believe the quality is going to suffer. You are not going to get. Also, I'm great with AI replacing repetitive menial stuff that people don't really want to do anyway. And let's educate people and give them opportunities that are better because we should be freeing them up from doing those things.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: But to replace creativity, to to try and replace the creative product, yeah, I mean, that's an integral part of our humanity and soul and heart. I don't feel that that should be mm-hmm. we shouldn't even aspire to replace that. Yeah. If you can use a little bit of it to help you with maybe some form or structure, that's one thing. But the actual creativity, I have a big problem with that. I had a guy offer to be on the podcast who claims that he can help you make millions by writing best-selling books with AI. And I just said, uh, this isn't a sales pitch podcast. It's a personal is story it the, podcast. Is it
1: the same guy who? What was that email that you got? And he said, <laughs> "What was that?" It was a few episodes ago, and some guy interviewed you, and oh, I forget what he said. I'm so. Oh
3: no, no, no! It wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was someone I've never met. And okay. obviously, he was kind of blasting people who have a podcast. He uh-huh. wasn't singling me out at all. Okay. I just said, it's about personal stories. I know nothing about you. I even Googled the guy. What about this guy? Nothing. Don't know where he lives. Don't know where he's from. Well, all I know is he's selling this yeah. AI, write a book and get rich bullshit and i'm just not into i that.
1: mean i don't know who's buying that book but anyway okay yeah, yeah. well
3: i don't know a good thing margaret atwood can afford to retire i guess yeah
1: she's on peely island right now <laughs> having the last fucking laugh that margaret atwood
3: yeah good for her <laughs> good for her so i have a problem with it and i also have a problem with People making millions and billions of dollars and taking advantage of all the people at the bottom. I think somewhere in there there has to be a balance. Whether you're in the creative industry, the IT industry, Manufacturing industry, anything.
1: It's really also just a testament to the unions, though, because I I I listen to some tech podcasts. I listen to the Pivot uh, podcast, Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, and they are very on the side with the streamers, and they say, "Well, no writers are going to need to. They are they are ludicrously overpaid to begin with." And
3: where are they getting that idea?
1: I, I don't know. They're on the side of the robber barons. They're on the side of the god complex tech people. Maybe who Kara like, Swisher's yeah, getting overpaid. Yeah, yeah well – Right. Well, no. <laughs> you know, no, they would think oh no what I do is, you know, absolutely oh. brilliant. What it's going to boil down to is just this is a union issue. This is the same thing about the people who pick up your fucking trash, you know. Like yeah. they're in a union for a reason. Like yeah. this is going this is going to be a feasible gainful employment field for yeah. a reason, yeah. you know. And uh and so we're going to get what we We're going to get rich or die trying. Okay, but is (laughs) the the whole
3: industry going to die though? Like this is what I'm concerned about, that we have seen the end of well-written – films and the, the other
1: thing is there's there something called the mini room right now where these things are written. See, there are all these ways that they are able to skirt WGA and WGC, Writers Guild of Canada, sort of um, minimum requirements and things because they're the streamers and they don't fall under the categories that, mm-hmm. the, that these agreements were, were sort of like uh, written under. The other big thing is there are a lot, there are a lot of timing components to this too. For instance, after eight weeks from the start of the strike, these overall deals that were reached with people like Shonda Rhimes and Greg Berlanti and Ryan Murphy, they're null and void because there's a force majeure clause. So these hundreds of millions of dollars that were thrown at these people to get exclusivity to their content, they all disappear. They're going to be able to recoup that money. It has been speculated that that was kind of an end game for -hmm. the the broadcasters. Mm -hmm. So they're right now, the broadcasters right now, like this is really masterful timing on the Guild's part. The broadcasters right now are incredibly... Uh, concerned with their shareholders sort of thing. And they are telling them, oh, this is going to be profitable in two years. But they're telling the writers right now, this isn't profitable. It's oh. just like, you you do understand that this isn't happening in a vacuum. Like, we, we can hear you. Yeah. you know, so it's just, you know, what is it? This isn't profitable or it is. So right now it's just very much... The, the the expression fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me is very applicable here because they, they've really learned their lesson they're not going to be fucked around by saying by people saying well this is just so new right now we we don't know where this is going
3: well so. legislation is very slow to keep up with technological absolutely. advances absolutely. and and absolutely. in every area absolutely even when it comes to harassment
1: yeah. Social
3: media, all these things. It's just really. really Misinformation.
1: Oh, it's about to really heat up. And the complexity
3: of it is excruciatingly difficult to even get your head around. I mean, let's use AI to deal with misinformation, although, how do you train it? I I mean, it's just very complex. Yeah. So, where do you think it's going to go?
1: I think it's going to last until the holidays. Oh, my God. I Right through the year, I know a lot of people who maybe had some momentum, and that momentum is now scrubbed. They're going to need to start over whenever th- we're on the other side of this. I, I really don't know. And you know what? That's sort of exciting. I don't know because just when something – something will fill the void, right? And uh, hopefully that would be people coming out to see live comedy. <laughs> well, yeah. More, but uh, something will f- fill the void, and that is kind of exciting to think about or, you know, just everything – Oh, just seeing the landscape evolve over the last four years with COVID and with 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 everything—it's it's, it's going to be very interesting. But you will feel this; you will feel it soon. The networks are already screwed. Because they would need to start their rooms now. Mm-hmm. So all of that, big bang, if that's still on the air, I don't know. <laughs> but that won't be you you can't set your watch to that airing in the fall anymore at this point because they won't have any scripts to do that with. And if SAG, if SAG goes on strike, then I mean that's that's the big thing. You're gonna see some pretty big names on that picket line. If SAG goes to you're gonna see Angelina Jolie holding a sign. I think
3: there something. are some pretty big names on the picket line oh, are, in yeah. support of the writers. Even though SAG are. has not yeah. gone on yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: strike yet, well, the, they haven't. And Fran Drescher, who is the president Vene. of SAG, it's just—it's so funny. I was speaking with Heidi, who you know, about this about the 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 past presidents of SAG, and it's it's all these people who seem to have made a lot of money. For a period of time with a show that is now in syndication, mm-hmm. and and they are really kind of in the sunset of their careers now. Gabrielle Cartieres, who was Andrea Zuckerman on 90210, mm-hmm. was the previous. Melissa Gilbert from Little House on the Prairie, right. I believe. Ed Asner, post-Mary Tyler oh, wow. Moore. They were all... SAG presidents. And so Fran Drescher was out on the line and, and I'm about to do my Fran Drescher impression, everyone. So have a seat. <laughs> uh, when she was asked about if SAG would be joining them, she's like, well, that's a very complicated question. <laughs> she was blasted for that. So I think she's walked it back. And, oh. But I know everyone that I know who's in SAG, they, they're looking to strike. Yeah,
3: But are those guys people like people like Fran Drescher and Gabriella? Cort-
1: Gabrielle Cartieris?
3: Gabrielle Cartieris. Do they still get residuals from syndication?
1: They, they certainly would because yeah. they were broadcast things. So, but with Netflix, there is no because they just no. own something in perpetuity, and so there are no residuals. It's so, a Netflix, Netflix is about to have to pay up. So, I hope that they are eating their caviar. And would
3: and, the writers have gotten residuals from those old shows? Absolutely. Too? See, absolutely. that's a problem because yeah. people also might think, "Oh, you're making all this money for." x number of weeks work well that has to last you because you don't know when you're going to get yeah no
1: residuals now are are pathetic like they are something like 17 cents you'll get a check for 17 cents or something yeah so i don't know i don't know but something will happen i really do think that this is going to last until american thanksgiving that is just my feeling just – you you really have so much pushback on the streamers. They really do think like, no, fuck this. We'll just break them. We don't need these people. We'll just get some chimps and put them on a typewriter and they'll write the greatest book ever seen. They really do think that. Oh, so they it's do gonna think be a that. Ve- they absolutely yeah, do. Yeah, they so, do think that. Yeah.
3: Meanwhile, I think a lot of times these people who are the decision makers are the chimps.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of
3: which, have you seen Chimp Empire? No. Well – I don't really like chimps.
1: <laughs> Nor do I. I am not a fan of monkeys.
3: So apes. Well, I do think that comparing these people to chimps is quite
1: apropos. Yeah, I'd say so. And, and they stay are. Stay tuned next week to I, hear I, why. I saw a tweet from this this writer that I that I I followed, and she was saying we are striking right now because the last general meeting and I was on the executive. That I was meeting with needed to pause the meeting to get on FaceTime with her designer to select a tile for her pool house that was $90 square foot. And so these, everything, there is quite just, there's a roiling, the the inequality, it's bubbling to something. I think in the next, like within this decade, you are going to really see Les Miserables.
3: (laughs) Well, this is what causes a revolt when the 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 disparity between the very, very wealthy and the average person just becomes too great. Yeah you get a boiling point yeah. it just bubbles over yeah and it's not just this union as you said it's every union yeah. and every kind of and it's
1: union. emboldening things it's like i don't know are you familiar with the hunger games yes so it's it's like they cut off communication from all the districts and those but mm-hmm. they would say oh i heard in district 8 they managed to overtake this whatever and it's just it just when other people i know that writers in the uk right now are looking at what's going on and that they are mm-hmm. going to step up things, and also you're you're about to see a lot of UK content and South Korean content. You're about to see a lot because they can still make things, and in Canada, you can too. You are able to work on guild things back here. Like I could work on Writers Guild WGC shows for Canadian productions, yeah, and that would not be scabbing. Mm-hmm. Now, if they are sold to an American network after that, that is another. Oh well, but uh, you wouldn't
3: get any residuals.
1: Yeah, yeah but you <laughs> certainly wouldn't. You don't get residuals here. No. You know, I was very friendly with the the late great Jackie Burroughs at the near the end of her life, who was just Jackie Burroughs played Hetty King on Road to Avonlea. I think she's maybe like Canada's Maggie Smith, maybe you mm-hmm. might say, except lived way harder. And she, I remember thinking, oh, so you must get. Residuals because she was on that show for about Mm eleven seasons. She's like, no, you don't get. (laughs) I just held a fake cigarette up to my mouth because she was always smoking. I can still see her saying, "Nope." (laughs) <laughs> Just,
3: it's like my never. mother, Doroth Whenever I quote her, I hold a fake yeah, cigarette yeah, out to yeah,
1: my yeah, 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 Dorothy.
3: yeah well, you know, Julie, as long as the dark spots are covered, yeah. you're good to go
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think Doroth and Jackie what, Jackie B would have gotten on famously. Oh, I think they would have, too Had a lot of They would have hooked back a carton of cigarettes and had a yeah. grand old time Caesars but, for breakfast Yep No, but there is no residuals in Canada. There is compensation by way of a production fee, which is a percentage of the show's budget. Mm -hmm. um, But you don't get residuals. Oh. Yeah.
3: Well, that's why people who broke into acting wanted to get national American commercials so that they could get residuals from that. And that's probably long That's
1: something going on in Canada right now. Uh, The commercial agencies banded together and decided we are not going to use union actors anymore. So every commercial is non-union. And that is, I mean, commercials were soul sucking. Commercial auditions, it was just like, oh, I'm about to make a very uncouth reference, but it was like a slave they would just, you know. Yeah,
3: it's like a cattle
1: call. Huh? Yeah, it was just. Oh, it was so demoralized, and I, I don't, I don't fuck with them at all. I anymore.
3: did a few commercial auditions. Oh, yeah. Now, admittedly, I do not get called in for a lot of auditions, and I never got called in for a lot of commercial auditions either. But yeah, I've been to enough that I know what you mean.
1: Oh, it was it was and, awful. Y- and
3: you hear people in the waiting room talking about how busy and successful they are. And you've gotta wonder, no, you know?
1: No. No. It's me. like when I took no,
3: vocal nervous. when I took vocal workshops with Elaine Overholt studio, everyone in that workshop would be talking about their time in the studio and how busy they are. And I sometimes think Maybe you're just trying to impress everyone around you because then I would hear some of them sing and they wouldn't even be on key. So, mm-hmm.
1: anyway. Oh, it's all posturing. It's all saving face. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, I'm very familiar with that now, living in L.A. People it's, do uh, that in L.A. Oh, my God. Nothing but, <laughs> oh, upsell, sell, 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 delusion, well, uh, grandiose, uh, delusions of grandeur. It, it's, it's so – yeah, it's 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 quite comical. I mean, you can see it. Com- you can just yeah. you, you you can assess the situation now, and and do then, you... but you also know everyone's crying themselves to sleep every night. Aww. So yeah, well, that's <laughs> kind of sad.
3: Now, do you regret going? You've been there long enough. Not now. at all. My you God, no. There's it. no
1: ceiling when you do well in L.A. Oh, bitch, you're doing. You are doing best in the world. Yeah. You know there there is no. There's just the the possibilities are endless, and and I mean it's been a bit of a slog post pandemic, but. Well,
3: I would have thought the pandemic would have taught people the value of entertainment because that's what kept us going.
1: Yeah, I will say this. A bunch of people all of a sudden got about 60,000 followers out of nowhere. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I should have been a little bit more invested in TikTok content. But now that the strike is on, people are going to be... Yeah, that's <laughs> turning, true. And, well, I mean, younger people really don't watch traditional no, uh, they linear don't. broadcasting, they don't. but they all chase it. They all want it. Mm-hmm. So, but we
3: shall see what happens.
1: We shall see, but I my gu- my guess right now is my I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say American Thanksgiving. I think it will last until at least then.
3: All I know is I hope we don't get to the point where all we have is reality TV. Because I occasionally like it, but I yeah. really appreciate the gifts of a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. Where would we be without Seinfeld, 30 Rock? There are just so many.
1: And and writers, are they're not learning how to make shows anymore. They're they are not – another big stipulation is that they need to be able to be on set. They need to mm-hmm. learn how a show works. And, and they're not given that opportunity right now. It's basically this mini room wraps. They do all the work in about a month. And then the showrunner just – the showrunner is like the executive producer. It's like it's the highest creative level. Right. So that's what we call the showrunner. And it's just – it's on them to do everything. So it's –
3: Yeah, and there's a lot of tweaking on set, isn't there? You see how something works. Hugely. I mean. No,
1: if you're on a movie right now, if Tom Cruise is making a movie or something like that, he says, these three pages are garbage. I want this rewritten. Well, it's not happening. Oh, yeah, there's constant tweaking. But surely
3: someone with Tom Cruise's brilliance Mm. can just improvise three pages of dialogue. Yeah,
1: God, a very, a big thing was the girl, (laughs) Jenna Ortega, who played Wednesday in the Netflix um, Wednesday Addams Uh series, she had said, sometimes I I ad-lib and improve the script and that got a lot of eye rolls. She's sort of... Oh, okay, okay. Yes, well, anyway. uh, Yeah, I think you're about to see some really starving rats. I remember back in... uh, when I was at Queens, there was a garbage strike the year before, speaking of unions, and mm-hmm. so there had been an explosion of vermin, of of squirrels specifically in the student ghetto, because they were just feeding just all these garbage bags were heaped out. And then once they finally cleaned it up, you had this overpopulation of squirrels, and they were just zombies. Like they were they were ferocious, oh. feral, they were starving, and they were what I think you're see, you're gonna see, writers on the picket line. It's all fun and games and selfies and funny signs now, but I think that it's yeah. about to be uh, I, pretty and dire. And I think a
3: lot of them were already working in restaurants and driving Uber on the side, they all They all so, were. Yeah. Everyone
1: was already starving. Yeah. There's just, there's not enough work to sustain. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. And mm-hmm. I hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope it resolves sooner. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Come
3: on, people who are calling the shots and making money. Don't be a chimp. Chump.
1: Chump. Chimp.
3: Well, thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. I hope thank you enjoy you. the rest of your stay oh, in Toronto. I,
1: I, how could I not?
3: And I hope your shows go really well Thank while you're you. Here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Isn't he great? First thing I have to say, though, kuel is apparently the Gaelic word for music. How could I have forgotten that? I don't know. You can follow Andrew on Instagram to keep abreast of when and where he's performing. And if you're in Toronto, you can catch him this month. I'll post a link for tickets to Andrew's Legends Ball, June 23rd. If you're in LA, don't worry, he'll be back before you know it. And who knows if some UK gigs are in his future. He's been there before, and you never know, he just might be again. Thank you for listening, and happy Pride. I'll be volunteering at various Pride Toronto events this month, Maybe I'll see you there.